This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for Thursday. It is April 15th, and we did, Alex, just see the best shot of the NBA season so far. I mean, it's it's hard to say. We watched so much basketball that uh, it's hard to say that there wasn't a shot, a shot, not a dunk, like an actual shot. Because Dame has had how many game, you know, tying shots and Terry Rozier, we talk about all the time having being one of the most clutch players. But it would be hard, you'd be hard pressed at this point in the season to find a shot better than the shot that Luka Doncic just hit five minutes ago before we record started recording to for, to have the Mavericks beat the Grizzlies. 114-113, and as you said before we started recording, given the context of them being 7-8 and eight in the West. Like, they, it was crazy. It's my favorite game winner of the year. It's my favorite shot of the year so far. I mean, there's the style factor, the the, yeah. <laughs> the fuck-up by Grayson Allen definitely plays well, into it. Let's, well, we, yeah, we can talk about that in okay. a second because I feel bad about that. But it, but, was, it was really nice, really awesome shot. Yeah, I mean, so the 1.8 seconds left. Well, and so the whole sequence was a little, was, was just kind of crazy because to put the possession before for Dallas, they had the ball with a, with like 13 seconds left and Luca runs the clock down to about three seconds before. So it seems like they're down three, right? It feels like he's running the clock down to take a three. He makes the same move that he always makes to get to that step back jumper, but the, the defense was good. So he goes to the basket and gets fouled. Now, if he makes that shot, it's perfect. Cause he, he, he was, it could, could have been an and one, but he misses. So he goes to the free throw line. But to your point, if he was going to go for two, why not just go with 13 seconds instead of running down the clock? I think part of it was just the defense was good. Yeah. I think Luca got a little caught in between with what he wanted to do and made a poor decision, honestly, that Memphis bailed him out. Cause I mean, if it had gone in, it would have been a fantastic play, but you can't bank on getting fouled in that situation. Right. So he um, misses, he makes the first one. Rick Carlisle tells him to make, make the second one. He misses the second one. They foul Grayson Allen with, with, uh, I don't know, one, one, one point uh, eight 1.3, seconds. Yes. Yeah, 1.8. Like and poor Grayson Allen. So Memphis is up two. He literally only has to make a free throw to at least go to overtime, misses both free throws, having one of the best games he's had this year or not make, but actually, no, he's been playing really good, mm-hmm. really good. Isn't misses. he like a 90% free throw shooter as he well? He had six like, threes in this game. I mean, yeah. he's shooting 40% from the three. He had 30 last week. Like, <laughs> just, I, I feel bad. We'll talk about, I, I, I'll talk about that in a sec. So he misses both free throws. Dallas gets the ball. Timeout. They get a side out. They get they they run a decent they run or whatever a normal inbounds play to Luca, who again they're all over him, and he somehow I don't even remember who was guarding him somehow just gets around his defender, just gets a step around the defender, but he totally off balance and essentially is falling forward, like it's off balance falling forward and just throws up like a floater at the buzzer to beat Memphis and it goes in. He barely gets the shot off, barely keeps his foot behind the line. It was just absurd. Second career game-winning buzzer beater. The way his balance was, he was like basically under the basket by the time the ball went in the net. Like he was like looking up at it, which I thought was super cool because he's all his momentum was going forward. He floats one up. You know what I compare it to? 
to um that that if I was going to make a football comparison when Patrick Mahomes was like falling and was like parallel to the ground and still was able to throw that pass. Yeah. It was like the same thing. Like Luca yeah, was essentially just like falling and just like just like threw it up <laughs> yeah. and hits a that, game winner. That to, was sick. To beat them. Um God. And you know what? I was actually gonna dog on Luca a little bit in this game. I know he had a great game, but there are a great points. second half. He was not yeah. good in the first half. There are points where I do feel like, and I and maybe I'm just hot, rough being rough on him because I know how great he is. Do you ever get the feeling with Luca that sometimes instead of just just dominating, which I know he does a lot, he gets a little too caught up in looking cool. Do you ever know? Do you ever feel that yeah, way? Yeah. Like he, I just I want. I wonder uh, if that's because he's just not athletic enough to flat out dominate. You know, like I don't know. I don't even mean that. I just mean like uh, too many, uh, like a couple extra dribbles, a couple extra spins, a couple extra turnarounds, mm-hmm. and he's like smiling at people. It's not like a shit talking smile either. It's almost like a smile like that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I know. I, I that vibe is out there. I think it's possible. <laughs> now maybe that is his way of talking shit, just like a smug smile. But mm-hmm. the way it looks is him, and maybe it's also because he's young. He's still like what 20, 21? 21 now. Yeah. So he's still like a young kid. So maybe he twenty two. Sorry. Maybe I know he has a lot of experience, but maybe he really is just like, hey, that was pretty cool. I just yeah. did something cool. Which, if that's genuinely how he feels, I guess that is pretty cool. <laughs> right. But for there's sometimes where he gets, I feel like he looked, I see him looking at the other bench, or like he hit. So in the fourth quarter, he had that that play where he hit the, I guess it was like a follow-away over John Morant, mm-hmm. where he took like 10 dribbles and he like a he took a one dribble left, he spun back right, he spun back left, he took crossed over, this and that, then took a, a follow-away and made it. And then he's like smiling at John Morant and they're talking. He's six, seven, dude, just shoot yeah. over John Morant. Right. Like at that point, it's like, you're making life harder on yourself. You're six, seven, and you're one of the best scorers in the NBA. I just feel like he could have just shot the ball and, I, and I, maybe he couldn't, maybe he just felt like the defense was better than that. But there's times where I'm like, he's doing a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's just part of his, like his game, like the flair. And maybe it, there's times when it gets to be too much and it might hurt him, but. Um, I love it. Well, <laughs> but it hasn't, I, I don't even biting don't, him in the ass. Exactly. I don't yeah. think it has hurt him yet, but mm-hmm. there are times where I'm just like, ah. right, where he's overcomplicating things. Well, it's, 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 you don't have to be that cool. You are, you're already cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's cool. Like fucking win the game. Yeah. <laughs> which he did, which he did tonight against in the, the in, in a, in basically the coolest way you could possibly yeah. win a game. So yeah. good for him. Like, it's what I'm saying. I'm not actually crushing him because they won the game. If they lost the game, I was going to really go hard. Like, dude, this guy's got to chill out and just fucking dominate. Mm-hmm. So, but he did it. And now, so now they, after that game are, they stay in seventh. They're half a game behind Portland for six. And they are two and a half games above Memphis now for who is, who is an eighth. Um, so, I mean, it's everyone like that is huge. Uh, Porzingis is playing better. So that's good. Um, he had 21. I still don't really like this team. I love, I mean, you know, you got you love you gotta love watching Luca play. He's just a special player, but this team's not great. The Grayson Allen thing. Man. Oh, by the way, before we talk about Grayson Allen, how good is Jonas? Like he's just so damn yeah, good. Yeah, he's just so like solid, man. I 20 years ago, he would be one of the best, like legitimately, like he'd the be top five in, player in the in league. In the 50s, he'd be Will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he's really really good. Yeah, it's crazy, man. He just he's so strong, and he just knows his body positioning and the way he bot, like bullies people around. Eight offensive rebounds, leads the league in offensive rebounding. It's just crazy. Like such a good year for him. So the Grayson Allen thing, man, it just it breaks my heart. And I know for most people it doesn't because most people hate Grayson Allen, which is a, which is also crazy because come on, guys, like. The reason they hate this kid is just that there's just it's just so stupid. But he's finally starting to play well. He's a starter in the NBA. He had 30 last week, six threes in this game. 
just starting to really find his role on a team that's going to be in the playoffs after all the shit, the, you know, the first stuff in college, then he gets in the league, he stinks on Utah. Then in summer league, he trips a guy. I think it was Grant Williams. He tripped the dude. Everyone freaks out. No one likes him. He played at Duke. He's a white guy from Duke. He's finally turning it around and he misses two free throws. It's just like he, this guy can't win. He, he just can't win. I just went through it. He hasn't missed two free throws in a game this year or last year. Like he sees and he misses two. I mean, he makes both. That seals the win. He was seven of 13, six of 11 from three. He had 23 points. And nobody's going to remember that because he, he lost the game for them tonight. And it's, it's uh, man, he's got to feel like dog shit. I mean, so I do feel bad for him in that respect. And I, and I, the reason it also, I, I hate it because I just know him what, relatively well because i know people that are close to him and he early in his career after everything that went on and all that stuff he struggled with his confidence in a big way and i think he's probably at the point where this isn't the type of thing that will crush him but i know earlier in his career a situation like that would just have crushed him Mm -hmm. so hopefully he's past that he was smiling on the bench is probably one of those like laugh to keep from crying type of thing yeah well that was before the game winner right he was yeah. laughing out yeah okay. not laughing he was just kind of like smiling right. like one of those like oh almost. god i fucked up type of smiles yeah but um yeah it just sucks I mean, it sucks to see i, I want the kid to succeed mm-hmm. uh, unlike most other people for some reason they still are they still hate him for things he did in college mm-hmm. mainly because he played at duke but I think the way this Grizzlies team is like they're overachieving and they seem so tight and so like locked into their coach. Like I think the leaders on this team will make sure his confidence isn't crushed after that. You know, like I also do happen to know he's very close with Justice Winslow, who is okay. now who's also there now. Right. So I think that helps having, you know, one yeah. of the best friends on the team. But like you'd think like Dylan Brooks and Jonas Valanciunas, hopefully John Morant would get in his ear and be like, look, like we need you if we're going to do anything in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. Um, and the Grizzlies seem like a type of team that would that that would play out that way. So, yep. I was getting ready to call him Clayson Allen. <laughs> Why? Clay, Clayson Allen. Oh. Clay, like Clay, like Clay Thompson. Clayson Allen. I see. I didn't realize how good of a game he was having before that. I'm just I'm locked in on the. Uh, He's shooting 40 percent from three this year. I know. I know. He's playing well. That sucks. That is an unfortunate situation for him. Uh they talked a lot in this game about the play in tournament and the comments from Mark Cuban and all that stuff and how these two teams are Jeff Van Gundy was just destroying the play in tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because we talked about the comments a little bit yesterday. We didn't really get too deep into it. And then I was, when I was on Twitter earlier today, Ty Windish, who, um, who was on the show, he's, the host of the hero step podcast, shout out to Ty. He tweeted, he was tweeting about the play in tournament and he made a point that I never really thought about. Um, but it's making me think that, t- that the play in tournament is very stupid. Uh, Hit me. What is it? So not that it's dumb, but it's making me think that there needs to be more firm parameters on like having it like a reason to have it. Okay. So if you look at the Eastern conference, Right now, the Knicks are 29 and 27, and the Chicago Bulls are 22 and 32. They're a full six games behind the Knicks. If the season ended today, if Chicago won two games, they could take the Knicks spot in the playoffs. That's bullshit. It's not right. They shouldn't, you shouldn't be rewarded for being a bad team just because your conference is bad. Like, so there should be a certain amount of games that you have to be within to even qualify. So if, if there isn't a 10th team that qualifies, then have nine play eight and then seven automatically makes it. But to me, cause so, and, and it, it also, it um, is worth pointing out because the Knicks won again tonight, the Knicks, they beat the Pelicans 116, 106 and the bulls lost to the, the magic. The bulls, they're just not, playing good right now really since that trade they haven't played great but they've been up and down toronto beat san antonio so now toronto is also in the mix there's a chance that toronto after all the shit that they've played that they've gone through this year they beat san antonio 
117-112 tonight. It's a good win for them. They're now a game out of 10. So after everything that's gone on, and we know Toronto is not a good team, they could make the play-in tournament and have to just win two games, and they could take New York spot, Miami spot, Boston spot, whoever is in that seven spot, because Charlotte also lost tonight. They look terrible right now. Injuries, obviously, we know what the deal is with them. I never really thought about it that way, but it's a good point. I think it's a fair point, too. I do, too. And I feel like there was some parameters last year in the bubble where the, the plan plan wouldn't kick in unless the teams were within three, two or three games, something like that. So honestly, if that scenario plays out that you're talking about, I think the league would immediately re- tweak that, you know, because it's just not right, you know, where if you're not yeah, within you know what? four games I don't, or something. Yeah, okay. yeah, but isn't that what the league wants? Because – for casual fans, like for casual fans, they don't think about it that way. For casual fans, let's say Chicago makes it as a 10 seed and they play, they beat the Pacers and then they play the Knicks and Zach Levine goes for 50 and beats the Knicks in a one, in a single game elimination situation. Casual fans would eat that shit up, you know, it tournament would. style, whatever. And then the league would be like, All right, whatever, you know, yeah. these teams are going to lose in the first round anyways. But if the, the from the league's perspective, like and a revenue and a rating standpoint, like if the Sixers played the Raptors in the first round, like that played out, like no one is watching that series besides the, the fan bases of those two teams, you know. Whereas if there's a team above 500 playing the Sixers, it becomes interesting at the very least. But like the the yeah. a number a number one seed against a team that's ten games under 500 is like it's a it's such a bad look for the league. That I think they'd have to address it, and it does. It makes a lot of sense. It's a great point. Um, I just, I guess, we didn't anticipate a team with this bad of a record sniffing like an eight. Seed, you know what I mean? The ten seed, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a ten seed with the possibility of becoming the eight. But seed. by the way, here's the thing. So the Knicks are actually playing really well. They 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 won four in a row. Now they're two games above five hundred. But Charlotte is falling off a cliff with all their injuries. They're a five hundred team. Pacers can't stay healthy. They're below 500 team. And then obviously all the teams below them. And here's the look, Washington, who is about to beat Sacramento, that would put them a game behind the Bulls for the 10 spot. Washington could be in there. That, I mean, it's not Cleveland, right. yeah, it's Cleveland not. is two games out of the 10 seed right now in the East. There's no way in hell that Cleveland, by some miracle, should be able to even have a chance to win two games to be in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like the league will recognize that, that, you know, and I mean, this isn't locked in, right? This is more of a trial situation or like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know. This I isn't, this isn't, I mean, this isn't a bubble situation. This isn't a, it's a shortened season. Mm-hmm. I just, I hope they left so themselves. I don't, room to I don't know if, if they're gonna, if they're doing it because it's a shortened season and seeing how it goes, mm-hmm. but uh, it seems locked in. I don't, I don't know. Like it's not like a different year. Other, I mean, it is different because of the shortened season, but um, and like Cleveland beat Charlotte tonight. So Cleveland now, I mean, it's crazy that any of there's still so many games left. Yeah, and then I mean, I, it's it's creating a more interesting final stretch of the regular season, but with the, with the downside of creating just a a debacle in terms of matchups and in the actual playoffs, you know, but you're also diminishing those, that, that, yeah. that stretch yeah. because yeah. yeah, it, Oh wow. Darren Fox, it looks the, the wizards just beat the King by 12, 123, 111 Darren Fox, not happy, hmm. which makes sense. Cause they've now lost eight in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, they, um, but like, yes, the regular se- – here's the thing, though. As interesting as they can make the regular season, no one's watching the final stretch of the regular season. Again, th- this is all to try to get casual fans who don't normally watch to watch games. And if you're a casual fan and the Wizards or the Cavs or the Raptors, the way they are right now, are a game out of the 10 seed, 
you're not going to watch a regular season game just because they're a game out of the 10 seed. Mm -hmm. You wait to see who gets the 10 seed and then you watch the play, which is what's going to happen either way. So it diminishes the work that teams are doing during the regulars. It could, it could. Now the other argument is if you're the seven seed or the eight seed, just win a game. So all you have to do is win one game and the other teams have to win two. Yeah. But I'm, I'm such a fan, like the seven game series, like letting things pan out is what something I love about the NBA postseason, you know? Mm-hmm. So to put your, like to put a, a, a team that is 500 on the season up against a scenario where if they lose two games to a bad team and they're out is, is not good. Yeah. And it's, it's not that much better in, in the West. Like at this point, it seems as Portland and Dallas have separated themselves a, a bit, although Portland is losing some games in that six, seven spot. And then you go, you look at, you know, San Antonio right now, they're the 10 seed. They're three and a half games behind Dallas, which is not terrible. Then the Pelicans are four, five and a, they're five and a half games. They could sneak in because they're only two games out of 10. Like, do those teams deserve to have a chance to, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're I think in the future, they probably need to set a, a number yeah. you have to be within three games or whatever it is. I don't know what the number was. Do you remember what the number was in the bubble? I feel like it was within two games, but that's, I'm just not positive about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that that's fair. I maybe, maybe make it a little more like three or four. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it, it definitely like these teams in the East, like you shouldn't, have a chance you shouldn't be six games behind a team and have a chance to beat them you shouldn't be 13 games under 500 and have a prayer for the playoffs you know well like unless point, well i mean <laughs> unless you're the eight unless you just have the eighth best record at 13 games under you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you shouldn't at you at, at 10 games under or whatever 10 games under 500 six games behind the seven seed, you shouldn't have a chance to win a game to play them, to knock them out in one game. Yeah. It just, it's, it's not right. And that's what we're potentially looking at in the East. So funny, I didn't really think about it when I saw the comments originally, but then when I looked at the standings, it did put it into perspective. Like this is a real thing that could happen and it would be very unfair mm-hmm. and it would be so God, wouldn't it just be so like uh, appropriate for that to happen to the Knicks? <laughs> yeah of all organizations yeah. and then people can point and laugh yeah that i mean that'd be rough they looked i mean they this was a fun game tonight by the way nicks pelicans i love watching julius randall just give zion the business it's like look it's like julius randall playing against super julius randall <laughs> <laughs> in terms of athleticism yeah they're like the same person. they really are the same yeah um uh, i just i can't believe the numbers he puts up every goddamn night like it's outrageous is he like he's gonna be second team all nba i think at this rate like he's up there he's he's so i he he's is having so a top 10 dude. season 100 percent in my mind and by the way and then watching this game like you know you look at the numbers and you think zion still had 25 10 of 19 but they, this was they played very good defense on it. The way they loaded up to him, they sort of walled off the paint the way teams do with Giannis. Um, you know the the Pelicans announcers complain so much that he doesn't get to the line enough. But I just I also think the way he plays doesn't really he doesn't he he's so athletic he like flies by people, and because he's so strong, like guys kind of bounce off him. And it doesn't really affect him all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, and, and he's initiating uh, contact a lot of times, right? And, but a lot of times, like a wing, a, a generally the way he's scoring, it's not he's not posting up and getting like hacked. He's getting the ball on the perimeter or at the elbow or whatever, and he's driving by guys and he's initiating contact. But also, for example, like if if Brendan Ingram was doing the same thing, Brendan Ingram would get hit and go flying because he's skinny and then it would impact his shot. And I don't know if this is the right way to look at it with Zion, but like if he's going up and there's contact, but it doesn't impact his ability to score the ball. Is it a foul? I I don't know. 
definitely makes it harder for the refs to call one. You know, I do yeah. think that'll be something he gets better at in the years to come is getting Just to the acting, line. Once, well, all, yeah. Acting honestly, like an impact it, yeah. it sucks. Dude. Embiid, like he's trying, you can see him trying to get to the line and it's so different from years past just because he, he understands how to do it better. And I think Zion will, will get there. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they gave up 116 points to the Knicks, so they suck. I mean, they, they yeah, just, I mean, their, their issues are very clear. And they're starting a guy named Najee Marshall, who I literally <laughs> never heard of. So it still no Lonzo Eric Bledsoe stinks. This is, their best bet is not being a playoff team this year. I know that's – you don't – you never want to – like, again, we, I hate tanking. We talk about it all the time. But, like, they there's no reason for them to make a, a, a crazy run here. You know, it doesn't help them. Uh, but you mentioned Embiid. Let's talk about that game. Uh, he's, a, he's a monster. So, no KD. They beat the Nets 123-117. No KD, no Harden. You texted me about how much you hate Kyrie Irving. No, I I said watching him play is so frustrating because he's so good and so fun to watch that disliking him, it just puts me in like a conundrum where I can't appreciate his game because I don't like how he thinks the earth is flat and shit. (laughs) Hold Hold on. Something breaking? No, I'm checking the text. It's so frustrating how good Kyrie is and that I can't stand him. Yeah, so the word hate was not used. Okay. And I led with how good he is. I mean, 37. And, like, he's doing stuff other people are not doing. But it didn't matter. They were getting their asses beat in this game. Now, again, no no KD, no Harden. But this is – but Kyrie putting up great numbers, getting their asses kicked. And then in the fourth quarter when Kyrie didn't play, the bench almost came back and – they didn't, I mean, they didn't. Almost it, was a, it was like a it was 20 close. to two run. It was yeah. a crazy run. I think that's more the Sixers totally fell asleep, which isn't good. Um, I mean, it, like I, they just let their guard down defensively. Um, the score, wow, it is amazing. This is only a six point win with how dominant the Sixers were throughout. But, um, but yeah, I would say, just, but, but here's what I, but here's what I noticed, at least in the second half, is. No, well, no KD, no Harden, no Lamarcus Aldridge, no Blake Griffin. But this is where I say, if this Embiid is the Embiid that we see the rest of the year and in the playoffs, this, even at full strength, Philly's got a shot because mm-hmm. they started DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton played 22 minutes. If you want to guard Embiid, that's how you're going to have to do it with those two guys and then doubling and all that stuff. They couldn't do shit. Like, right. Having LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin is not going to make defensively that big of a difference on Embiid. These are your two best defensive big men, and they couldn't do a thing. Right. Embiid and the absolutely dominant. The only thing they could do was foul, and that has, you know, a ripple effects on the game, whether it's right. guys getting in foul trouble or getting in the bonus super quick. Like, I mean, his ability to get to the line is unbelievable. He wasn't even that efficient tonight. He was 13 for 29, but, like, the game plan was so clearly – go to Embiid because we know they can't stop him consistently. Um, it sucked, man, that that uh, KD didn't suit up. And I get it. But, like, the city and, like, Sixers fans, this is a huge barometer game because Sixers fans, the smart ones, know that the Nets are the team to beat. And we wanted to see what we had against a team. I, I don't think so. – I think – I think you saw here your best bet of winning either way. Like, regardless, I think you have to accept the fact if Sixers fans or whoever – you're not gonna you're not gonna stop KD and James Harden and Kyrie. Like they're gonna score a shitload of points. But I think the the positive coming out of this, obviously winning, but is the fact that they have no answer for Embiid. So if Embiid's at his best, they have no answer. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna win, but you have it means about you're in the game. Yeah. You have as good of a shot as basically any team in the East right now, the way Embiid's playing, because they they can't stop him. I don't know mm-hmm. that anybody can the way he's playing. Not right now. No, I don't think so. Which is huge. Except for Aaron Baines for some reason. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know who could stop Embiid? Embiid. You know how? If he keeps doing fucking Euro steps. It's hard to watch. He's got to stop doing Euro steps. He's too big. One of big. his best moves. It's he's one too, of his. He's, here's the thing. He's too big. He's too heavy. He's. I feel like he's going to blow out his knee. That's possible. Yeah, knock, but it is super wood. effective. I, knock on wood. Every time I see him do a Euro step, I feel like he's hurting himself a little bit and he just 
gutting it out, which is fine, but like it just seems unnatural. And I and I get scared every time I see him do it. He had one in this game where it looked like he hurt himself. Mm-hmm. He dinged himself at some. I want. I for, it might have been the face he those. made when he made a euro step, and the face he made was like. Oh my God. Like you could God. hear his knees creaking from yeah. the, <laughs> through the screen. I would, I would love for him to not do any more Euro steps. That, I'll tell you what, he's going to do them. He loves them. So I know he's going to keep I doing know. them. And the way he's playing, it's hard to ask him to not do anything because he's just, yeah. he's playing incredible. It's a great, I think, it's, I think even without KD, the way they won without KD, even without KD and Harden, it's it's a good win. You're, you're yeah. just not you're not going to shut those guys down for seven games. So this is how you got to win. And those guys being in there wouldn't make an impact on Embiid anyways. So it would let us know how much this team's capable of scoring against us, though, because they still put but up. You know how much you know how much they're capable of scoring. You know how much they're capable. Of scoring. Well, I'm t- I'm like, is it are they going to put up 135 or 120? Sometimes, you know? yeah, probably. So yeah, I, I mean, some nights, yeah. Then you're I, mean, old- I think that's the thing. You, 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 this team can score 140 against any team in the NBA, not just you guys. I mean, like a regular – that's what I'm saying. I don't think a, a regular season game against a full-strength Nets team is a barometer of anything that's going to happen in the playoffs. Because there's going to be – if you play them in a seven-game series, one night you're going to get blown to pieces, and they're going to out, and they're going to beat you like 135-105. It's just going to – it's going to happen in a seven-game series. It's going to be about the adjustments. We see it every year. We see these like back and forth series where team gets blown out and then they come back and they play great defense and they win the next game. So I, I'm just saying, I don't know that a, a regular season, I, like I said, I, I've said it like 10 times. So I, this will be the last time I say it. MB doing this to those two guys is the best thing that that's what you should, that should be the focus for it's great news. Yeah. At, to me. Cause I just don't think anyone's going to be able to guard the nets when they're at full strength. It's just impossible. Um, but it's a good one for Philly, so that's good. Uh, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Denver played their first game tonight without Jamal Murray. And hmm. they look hurts good. Hurts to say, yeah. Huh? It just fucking it just hurts to say he's not going to be in the playoffs. And it just fucking sucks. He's not, he may not be in next year's playoffs. I mean, it depends on the, the rehab. It's a nine, 12 month thing. Like, yeah. They're not going to have him for most of next year. Yes, it sucks. It really sucks. They beat the Heat 123-106, and they look good. Like in the Heat had a rough night the other night against Phoenix. They had another rough one here. They are just – they're not – again, still not scoring the ball well. But they defensively, the way they switch everything, it's, it's impossible against this team. There's like multiple times – in the first and second half where they were, you know, Duncan Robinson would get switched on to Jokic. It's like, what are you going to do? But, um, you know, but, but I was like, the, the, the biggest thing here, and I, I think I texted you almost immediately in this game was we talked about yesterday. The, 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 the real key for this team is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Can he go next level and become the one a scorer the way Jamal Murray was. And he was, <laughs> he was absurd in this game. Like he ended up 10 of 14, but I don't think he missed any shots. I think he only missed a sh- one shot in the first half. He had, wow. he had 17 in the first half finished with 25. He's, he's just, he's such a, just a legit, just killer as a scorer. And the it's more the, he, be- the, th- the three point shooting, the fact that he's sustaining this number at 42 is remarkable, man. Like we, we talked about, I think he was at 41 last time we were raving about his shooting and it's gone up since then. But here's 42. what I here's what I kind of like about him right now at this point is that his he he's still not great off the dribble, but he's such a good shooter and he's so big that there's no like inefficient dribbling from him. So for example, there was like a couple of times where he got switched off onto like Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero, and he just shoots over him. And he's so, he's such a good shooter. It's like KD, 
like not the same because Katie's actually like handles like a point guard, but it's like that in a sense of you don't need to take a bunch of inefficient dribbles when you're six ten and you're shooting forty two percent from three. You just mm-hmm. just pull up over guys, and he did it a few times in this game. Uh, so it's a good sign. They didn't run a ton of offense like I would have hoped for him early, but they did run more sets for him. But I think the other thing I told you was we. I think everyone sort of forgot, not that he's a great replacement. Monty Morris is a pretty good backup point guard, and he's been on a minutes restriction. He's been hurt, but he stepped in tonight and played good. It just They're a good team. I, <laughs> they're going to be tough for – they're going to be a tough out for any whoever plays them in the playoffs. It's not like this. Oh, definitely. It you know not having Jamal Murray really crushes their spirit and obviously talent wise, but they're still deep. Bowl, bowl three minutes, six points. Take it. Love, love to see it. We'll take it. But they just look good. I wonder. We'll see if it's like a honeymoon thing, which is a weird way to put it, but like a early on like let's do this for jamal and just come out and beat the shit out of a good defensive team let's see when they can they sustain it right um but poor mike porton jr is just so good he's such a big it's such a big deal for that team and to do it like just to step in he went what 10 for 14 tonight against one of the best defenses in the league like and they and and that defense couldn't do anything tonight yeah like at nothing they had no answer and, and the other thing we didn't really talk about is, which we, I guess, is sort of just implied because of Jokic is who he is, is that most teams, if they lost their point guard, would be crushed, especially a star point guard. But Jokic is really the point guard. Mm-hmm. Jokic is the, the offense is through him. And- exactly. And he, he leads them in assists. He runs the whole offense. He sees the floor. He does everything. So they didn't lose that aspect of their offense. Yeah, no. To me, what they lost is like uh, the ability for a guy to go ballistic and win you a playoff game. You know what I mean? Like they're still a very good team. But the question is, did they lose it, or do they now just get it from Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, well, because he can go ballistic. Like there's no doubt, dude. Watching this kid play, and you've seen it, but just he can go ballistic. Mm-hmm. But you would rather have more, like several yeah, of those of guys on the. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Aaron Gordon played good too. Seven of 11. He's probably going to have to take a bigger role in the offense. None of them had to take a ton of shots tonight because they just, they just lumberjacked the heat. Yeah. That's what they did. It really is the only way to put it. um, And then for the heat, like it's, it's not a, it's not, it's a bad loss, but it's not that bad of a loss because the nuggets are still really good. That drops them to seventh. Now, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be in the plan no matter what, but they uh, they're gonna have to string together some wins here to hopefully stay out of that play-in. But it's, they they just are. St- they, I mean, it's the same thing all year. They're just so up and down, so 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 up and down. And they desperately, desperately, desperately need Dwayne Dedman to to mm-hmm. be be a contributor because Precious like Precious is just not good. I'm wondering Tyler Hero. Like I'm wondering if he's burned out. You know, like because he had a short like he's 20, 21 and had a, a short off season like. He just, I don't know. I feel like he's been playing pretty solid. I mean, I don't know if he, I guess he didn't have a great game tonight. I just, yeah, I just saw that he was really, really bad tonight. Um, uh, I mean, he's well, still average. Everyone was pretty bad tonight. Yeah. For this team, I, everyone was pretty bad. Jimmy Butler took eight shots, dude. That That's unacceptable. Mm. Yeah, that is. Unacceptable. Like, I didn't even realize that. I watched the game and I knew he wasn't being super aggressive to score, but that's fucking unacceptable. For a star player, yeah. eight shots, eight <laughs> fucking shots, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, there's no excuse for eight shots. There just isn't. Like, unless you get to the line twenty times, every <laughs> like, because even let's say they're doubling him. Every star player in the league gets doubled. You don't, you can't fight eight, not eight shots. It just can't happen. Yeah, not in a coming off of a loss, in a tight playoff race, eight shots. We're talking about eight shots and only getting the line three times. Where are you at, Jimmy? That that can't happen. That can't happen. Look, now they'll reel off six wins in a row. Exactly. Let me see. What's their schedule? Their schedule going for the next few games. I think they're back home. Oh, now. Okay. Well, 
this is exactly what they need. They get to go beat the shit out of the Timberwolves on mm-hmm. Friday. But then they're at home versus Brooklyn, and then they have Houston. So they're going to win two or three. Yeah, <laughs> looks it's, like it's going to be an interesting run. But then uh, they're 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 uh, end of the season. They have a run here coming up because they get at, they play San Antonio and Atlanta, but then they have Chicago twice, who has not been playing well. San Antonio at home, Cleveland, Charlotte, Dallas, Minnesota. That should be a little bit. That should probably be. It a should be, run. yeah. So who knows what Boston looks like by, by I think they had two games at Boston. Yeah. Um, speaking of Minnesota, they played at 430 today. They they have got to be just ready for this thing to end. Mm-hmm. One, they lost 130-105 to the Bucks, and probably don't even need to talk about this game because it's one of those ones where who cares? But I just was thinking about everything. Everything that can go wrong for a team has now basically gone wrong for this team. Mm-hmm. And just like out of their control, everything out of their control, but between the injuries and COVID and now a shooting that causes riots in their city that causes them to have to play earlier. Like just everything that can go wrong for a young organization has gone wrong. They, they just got to be dying to get out of there. Other than Anthony Edwards. I don't even know if Anthony, he's just like, oh, let's play some yeah, basketball. He, yeah, yeah he's, he's fine. Yeah, they, they need to get to the offseason and, and regroup, I guess. Towns has been out for two games for personal reasons. It, it's just – it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough for this team. Yep. No Giannis, um, though. That That's a that – Giannis has missed, like, what's five games now or something? But, I yeah. mean, this is probably one where you wouldn't want him playing anyway because it's – Well, that's what I was going to – I was going to say, I wonder – if they're at the point in the year where he's starting to sit games, which he's never really done in the past, but maybe in a shortened season, they see the value in it. Yeah. It's possible. A um, couple other games. Uh, Indy, Indy beat Houston one thirty two one twenty four. Not going to talk about that game because my guest host tomorrow is Mark Schindler, who is the host of Indy Cornrows, which is a Pacers podcast. So I'll probably talk some Pacers with him. So not going to dig in on the Pacers tonight. He actually, he also runs another, God, I always do this, but I forgot the name of his site. He runs a site that talks about the whole league. Mm-hmm. So he's up on everything. So I'm I'm interested because there's only four games tomorrow night so that we can go a whole bunch of different ways because there's not a ton of games to talk about. So I'll be interested to see where we go with him, but that'll be a fun conversation. But so we won't talk Pacers. Um, what, the Warriors. <laughs> what this was is, the final score? This, I, oh, so this was oh this was God. this is another one of those games that we probably wouldn't normally talk about because they it, they played Golden they played OKC, but they beat the the Thunder one forty seven one oh nine. Steph had forty two, didn't play in the fourth quarter, and I think the highlight of the game was in the fourth quarter he tried to come back in the game because he wanted to break the three point record and Steve Kerr wouldn't let him. Really? Fuck! I mm, I predicted in the offseason that he would break the single game record. I, he did set the record for three pointers in a three game span tonight, which I think he had, he's got 28 or 29 in three games, which is outrageous. See, like this is a team 27 and 28, one game out of the eight seed. If the season ended today, absolutely. Let's give him a play in game. Yeah. That's It'd a be team great for the league. It'd be great for, yeah. Because they're, we don't know who's better between them, Memphis, and, and Dallas, really. I think that's all. That's probably all we got to say about that game. Yeah. Um, about then, Orlando, Chicago. It's just well, we talked about that. We talked about, Chicago's, we talked about that with the yeah. play-in. You know, like they're they're. I just it, can't believe what has happened to Chicago. It sucks, but yeah, we don't have to talk. About I I had Vooch in Fanduel tonight because I thought he was it was going to be like a revenge game, and then they got their ass kicked. He had a good game though. So. Zach Levine. I think scored and they actually were getting beat pretty bad. They came back in the fourth quarter. Zach Levine had like 20 in the fourth quarter or something. Wow. Yeah. But yep, that's a rough one for them. No, the last one I was going to talk about Mm, Washington beat Sacramento. Don't need to talk about that was, and this is again, another game that we normally probably don't need to talk about, but Clippers Pistons. What are they doing, man? (laughs) They win 198. Yeah. Kawhi and Paul George both didn't play. But this is where I was going to talk about this game. I I think I think I owe Stephen A. Smith an apology. 
because when he was Go talking ahead. about what? Go ahead. I'm, I'm well, because when, when he went on the whole thing about Russell Westbrook and his great teammates and he kept bringing up Reggie Jackson oh. and I was like, you're wrong about Reggie <laughs> Jackson. That's not Reggie Jackson had 29 and he hit the game winner in this one. That's good. I still wouldn't lump him in with <laughs> Paul George, <laughs> Kevin Durant, and uh, the litany of great teammates Russell Westbrook has had. For me, it's just like, why, if you're the Clippers and the seeding situation is there for the taking, like, like make sure you're ahead of the Lakers in the play, you know what I mean? In the seeding. Like, why are you messing around against the Pistons? You know, I think Paul George was down just for rest, right? I'm assuming, yes. Why not rest him against a good team, which you've done plenty of times already, and just pound out the Pistons? They almost lost this game, man. Like, that, that's crazy to me. Every, like, their decision-making is is so ass-backwards to me sometimes, and it lends to the our whole thing about the Clippers. Like, like they're not that good. They're just weird. Yeah. From the top down, they're just a weird organization. Yeah. The Pistons have put... I got, I legitimately think like a master class in tanking this year. I talked about this with Laz Jackson when he was on from the Pistons podcast, from every Pistons versus everybody. Like they are competitive, they compete in games, but they still lose. And that, if you're a fan base, that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Like, why you, that mean that's why Jaleel Okafor is on this roster. Is to squeak him in there for five minutes. Did he sure. play? Did he play in this game? He played five minutes. Somewhere. I thought he hadn't played in a while. No, yeah, I don't think he has. But I just, yeah, it, like they have these competitive players on the team, and then, but they also have really... young guys. Like they have young guys who are like Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Grant. Even you know they have guys who are clear. Killian Hayes is back. They have guys who are clearly part of their core, and then they have other guys who just, I guess, are. Part come somewhat competitive and they compete in these games and then ultimately they lose, which is just like the perfect thing you want to see. Uh, you don't want to be like giving up 147 points to the Warriors <laughs> like Oklahoma City, you know, and also way overachieving in the beginning of the year to the point where you have no shot. Right. <laughs> like the Thunder are doing everything wrong in terms of tanking. All the Pistons say- are doing it perfectly. Also, like the Pistons ran about as perfect of a play as you can run at the end of the game to uh, to try to win. And like they were ready for it. And they came out of the timeout. I'm assuming Dwayne Casey had a play drawn up that was like, if they score here, here's what we're running. Because they didn't mm-hmm. have a timeout and there was like one second left. And they threw a like mile, uh, May, uh, Mason Plumley threw his hands up in the air and made some kind of signal. So it was obviously like, I think it was like, it almost looked like a touchdown signal. So it was like Mm -hmm. probably like, and he went, he ran immediately to the free throw line and they threw a a perfect pass up to him, caught it in the air and passed it back to Killian Hayes, who got an open three to win the game. That is because usually, yeah, you see those like full court heave passes usually going to like a guard and it never works. Which I was impressed by because generally shitty teams that are at the bottom of the league are not just ready to execute in these situations. Mm-hmm. They're it's like, Oh, let's just inbound it and throw a Hail Mary and just get out of here. Yeah. But I, to me, it shows like, Hey, this team's competing and playing for their coach because I get, I think most teams in that scenario that have won 16 games that are just losing every night, they'd be deflated by that shot and they wouldn't care. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's kind of cool. They have some interesting players. Perfect tank job. Perfect tank job. Troy Weaver. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, man. <laughs> this is his second uh, go about with just epic tanking. Can't get away from That's it. True. It, but that I, I, I like what this team. I like the way this team's tanking. More. Mm-hmm. Man, if they land, if they absolutely nail this draft pick, they could turn things around way faster than we ever thought. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. I think that's it. Um, I think that's it. What was I? I had something I was gonna mention from one of these games tonight, but now I just don't. Yeah, I don't think I do. Oh, it was in the Dallas game. You know what I really liked, and I know people don't love this, right? Mark Cuban, like at the end of the game after that, Luca hit that shot. Mm-hmm. Like they were all, he was like in there with all them, like jumping up and down and like yeah. celebrating. 
I love that shit. I do too. So Especially because cool, it's genuine. Like when Steve Ballmer does that shit, it's not genuine. But yeah. like Mark Cuban was looking around like, was it a two or a three? Like he yeah. was so invested. And he's always like, he's always there. I watched an interview with him the other day and he was talking about how like on game days, like he gets in early and he works out before the team and he gets there and like he gets shots up before they're there because he wants to be there to like see things yeah. and actually, because he runs, like he he's involved. Yeah. But like, but he's also like how i think he's like 60 he's he is 62 is he really wow like know. like a lot of 62 year olds probably aren't getting in the middle of a like you know mosh pit and jumping up and down with a bunch of 20 year olds yeah, yeah. They're like they're like good job guys that i pay to play basketball it's just fun <laughs> it was cool it's just fun yeah. seeing i like mark cuban i do i do too he's a polarizing one some yeah. people really don't like him i think he i think it's fun i like seeing it because like you said if you're a player especially when you're in a market like dallas where you're not known for getting guys to come like free agents but if you see the owner like you know how he's one of the richest people ever you know he's willing to spend money on the team and then he's out there just like going crazy and hugging mm-hmm. luca and stuff you're like i probably want to play for this team yeah and he's pulled it all like he has a ring they got it done yeah. once and been to the finals tw- yeah. twice, right? Didn't they lose in the finals once too? I can't remember if Dirk was lost in the final. I don't remember. Maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. They were. They were in the Western Conference Finals several several times for sure. Um. But yeah, yeah, he has a ring, so it's a good point. He has gotten it done, but it's just I, that that stuck out to me. That was pretty cool. Not mm-hmm. lost in the finals in. Yeah, they lost to the Heat in the finals. The first time the Heat won with Shaq and D Wade. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. And I then they like, be, and then they beat the Heat in the finals when Dirk was in, completely in, out in of his Le- mind. Yeah. LeBron's first year. Yeah. So, yep. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for tonight. A good deuce. It's a good yeah, deuce. Yeah, good deuce. I will. I will be back tomorrow. Alex will not be here tomorrow, so we'll see you next week. Tomorrow, Mark Schindler from Indy Cornrows joins. Uh, Indy Cornrows is an interesting name. For, I like it a lot, especially because now that they've got like a bunch of dudes with Cornrows on that team now, with TJ Warner, whatever, come back. Karis LeVert. Indy Cornrows and the co creator and co host of Premium Hoops. Mm, I like that. So he will. He'll be here tomorrow. We'll talk some Pacers, talk some other stuff. I'm thinking maybe like an MVP conversation. Okay. I, yeah, I that'd be nice to get uh, just like uh, perspective on that. Yeah, like where, like how, how, how do other people feel about you know the Embiid, like guys missing games, and how is this going to get voted? Mm-hmm. The Hawks play tomorrow night. I might see like, does he think Nate McMillan deserves to be in the conversation, especially if they win, if they play the Bucks. So that'd be a good one. See if if Giannis doesn't play, it could be a win for the Hawks. We'll see. So it should be a good conversation. Looking forward to it. And then I will see you next week, Alex. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. See everybody else tomorrow. Later. Later.